verse 8 and 10. That's Leviticus chapter 25, verse 8 through 10. And uh, so often, and I know we're pretty far past the New Year's, but quite often at the beginning of the year, we begin to say that this year is a reset. Things are going to be different this year. And that has never been more true than the last couple of years. Um, But also, I know that this church is going into a planning stage. And maybe you've already had your yearly uh, calendar meeting where you put everything together. But it's a time that we reset. We, We mentally hit the default button and we say something is going to be different about this year. And tonight, my title this morning... My title is The Great Reset. Leviticus chapter 25, verse 8 through 10. Count off seven Sabbath years, seven times seven years, so that the seventh Sabbath year amounts to a period of 49 years. Then have the trumpet sounded everywhere on the tenth day, Of the seventh month on the day of atonement. Sound the trumpet throughout your land. Consecrate the 50th year. And proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each of you is to return to your family property and to your own clan. After six years. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, I love you. I praise you, God. God, I'm praying that the liberty of the Holy Ghost would flow in this house. God, I'm praying, God, that you would anoint my mind, God, that you would anoint my mouth, God, to reveal your word, God, and to express it in a way, God, that brings edification to the body of Christ. God, you are so glorious. You are so wonderful. You are so mighty, and you are so holy. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated. So often people discard the Old Testament. And they will say that it does not apply to New Testament saints like you and I. And they miss so much enlightenment that God has given at that point. Because God had a purpose throughout time, and it was to reveal himself to mankind. And so we find when we start in Genesis, the revelation begins to come to mankind. And through each dispensation, God reveals himself in a greater way. Till now, we look back and we say, how could they not see that? We could talk about Isaiah and how God told them, told Isaiah to reveal the Messiah. Say it, but don't let them see it completely. But they can hear it, but not truly understand. And you and I look back at Isaiah, and we're saying, how could they not see that Jesus Christ was the Messiah? It was prophesied so clear. But they were living in the revelation that they had in that time because it was a type and a shadow of better things to come. 
And so they were simply living in the understanding that they had. And one of the apostles says that the Old Testament was my schoolmaster. And so we're going to look at this passage and, and the, the year of Jubilee. And we're going to talk about the Great Reset and how it applies to you and me. So there were every seven years was a year of rest. And God would provide enough on the sixth year that it would take care of the sixth year and the seventh year. And there was a purpose for this. And the purpose was that you were to rely on God to provide your needs. Now, we see throughout scripture that the concept of hard work is all through it. There's nothing that says we're supposed to be slackers. But we also see that God understands the necessity of rest. We see that he rested on the seventh day. We see that he said that we are supposed to rest every seven days. And that's supposed to be a Sabbath. It's a time of rest. It's a time to, to talk to God. It's a time to reflect on our lives. And then we see that they called the seventh year the Sabbath. It was a year of rest. It was a year where you did not plant, you did not sow, but you allow the earth to rest because God understands the importance of rest. God understands the importance of renewal. God understands the, the importance of resetting. And us as humans, we think that we can go without sleep. And we're finding out that the necessity of sleep, uh, psychology, biology, all of that is, is reminding us the importance of the reset, of the rest, the renewal that comes. But we're going to talk about this year of Jubilee. And... Let me slowly go back to this number of seven. The, the, the number seven stands for completeness. It stands for wholeness. It's always connected to God. When you read through the Bible, it's always connected to wholeness. And God was wanting his people to be whole. He was wanting a renewal to come to his people. And that's the whole purpose of the seven. So, when we look at the year of Jubilee, it was the seven years that were Sabbath seven times. So, on the 48th year, they knew that on the 49th year was going to be a year of rest. But they also had to consider that on the 50th year was a year of rest. And so God this year was going to provide for them 
more than he had the last 47 because this year 48 was going to take them through 49 and 50. And the year of Jubilee was an awesome year for the people of God because not only was it extra rest, but it was also when debt was erased. Because there were situations where somebody could not afford to pay a debt. And they would become a hired servant. They were not a bond servant. Because in, God did not believe in being a bond servant. But they were a hired servant. And they were paying off a debt. And... Um, it was, it, was, it was an interesting concept because it did not matter the amount of the debt on the Jubilee. If it was not paid off, it was wiped away. And the concept was there was that that individual did not have enough money, enough time, the ability to pay for that debt. But because of the year of Jubilee, that debt was wiped away. The other thing that happened that year is if you had to give your land to pay for a debt, that you got that land back that year. It did not matter if the debt was paid off. The land automatically came back to you. So let's look at Leviticus chapter 25, 23, and 24. The land shall not be sold forever. For the land is mine, for you are strangers and sojourners with me. And all the land of your possession ye shall grant as a redemption for the land. There's so many things in life that we have to remember do not belong to us. And this concept... In this case, it was the land. There's so many things in life that I'm simply the steward for. You know, I, I kind of like that when my transmission on my car starts to slip, I could say, God, you gave me this car. We've been taking kids to Sunday school. This car belongs to you. What you going to do about this? <laughs> it's his car. I'm simply the guy that has to go down and have the oil change, do the maintenance, take care of it, clean it. But it belongs to God. But I'm often reminded that my daughter, who I'm possessive of, who that I like to say is mine, I'm just simply a steward. And there's been many decisions in my life 
that I thought, man, this would be great. I would be so proud to see this, to do this. And I had to remember that I was just simply a steward. And I had to be careful where I took my daughter. I had to be careful what I idolized in front of my daughter. I had to be so careful because she was simply something that I was a steward of. And believe me, I have thought many times. And when she gets married, I'm throwing the biggest fit you've ever seen. It's going to be a pity party and don't even try to stop me. Because I'll have to give her away. And I know it's not giving her to God, but still, I'm going I'm to be on the ground kicking. <laughs> Nobody try to stop me either. I deserve it. <laughs> but a great example of this is Naboth. Ahab wanted to buy his land. Ahab was not of the same tribe, so he couldn't own the land. And Naboth, and, and Naboth says, I couldn't sell it to you if I wanted to. Because it doesn't belong to me. I'm simply the steward of it. And, and if I give it to anybody, it has to be of the same tribe. And so he could not sell the land. And he was such a good steward of the land that he paid for it with his life. He died because this land was so precious that he would not give it up. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's look at Leviticus chapter 25, 39 through 42. And if thy brother that dwelleth by thee be waxen poor and be sold unto thee, thou shalt not compel him to serve as a bondservant, but as a hired servant and as a sojourner. He shall be with thee and shall serve thee unto the year of Jubilee. And then shall he depart from thee but he and his children with him and shall return unto his own family unto the possession of his father shall he return. For they are my servants which I brought forth out of the land of Egypt. They shall not be sold as a bondservant. And so here we see, and I want you to imagine this. Can you think of somebody the year of Jubilee rolls around. He's been a hired servant. The debt was so high that his wife's a hired servant. His three kids are a hired servant. The land that was handed down to him from generation to generation belongs to somebody else. And the year of Jubilee rolls around and he says, you know what? It's just not worth the extra effort to get back everything that belonged to me. 
It's not worth getting my liberation. It's not worth getting back my land. I think I'll just remain in this bondage. I can't imagine somebody doing that. And I don't think anybody in this place would think of that either. But consider that as we go on. I'm talking about the Great Reset. Let's look at Luke chapter 4, verse 17 and 21. Now we're switching over to the New Testament. Luke chapter 4, verse 17, 21. And there was delivered unto him, speaking of Jesus Christ, the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and a recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were on the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your eyes. We don't really understand what happened that day. Because we're looking through this through the eyes of western people. But there was something there that was said that shook them, that forced them to consider what he was saying. Did he just say what I thought he said? Did he say this was the acceptable year and that he was the person that was called to preach liberation to the bond people, the bound people? Something supernatural happened and and this was not a normal Sunday this was not a normal Sabbath but something supernatural had happened and he was waking up the people that something's changing there there's a year coming it's it's coming it's coming near something's something's going to happen liberations on the way Let's look at Colossians 2 and 14. We're talking about debts being forgiven. Colossians 2 and 14. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. This sin, this debt, was something I could not pay. I could not do enough good works. I could not work hard enough. I did not have what what it took to pay this debt. 
The word of God says the wages of sin is death. And by rights, I had worked hard at sinning. And I deserved death. I, I had put in the time. I had put in the effort. I had sinned. And because of that, I deserved death. But there was something that was happening, and, and it was the year of Jubilee that Jesus Christ was going to nail himself to a cross and pay the price for my sins, for my mistakes, for what I'd done. And it's a shame that some of those sins were so intentional, they weren't accidents. They were intentional. They were premeditated. But he paid the price for me. We could look at John chapter 14 and 2. And we know that Adam in the garden fell. And because of that sin... Mankind, humanity, has had a fallen nature. By rights, we should have been in the garden. We should have had all those glorious, wonderful things. But instead, we live in a fallen state. But John 14 and 2 says, In my Father's house, are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And let me tell you something. I'll never experience the Garden of Eden. But someday I'm going to be in paradise in heaven. And I'm going to see the tree of life. I'm going to see everything that Adam lost. And here Jesus was saying, he wasn't saying that he's going to prepare a place. He's, he's off to build mansions. But what he's saying is, I'm about to go make a way for you to come out of your fallen nature. Uh, uh, and he could not reveal it all at that time. Because he was working in the plan of God. But he says, I'm going, I'm, I'm headed to a cross. I'm headed to a place where you could get deliverance. And, and after that, I'm going to send you the comforter. Let's look at Romans chapter 6, 17 and 18. But God be thanked. That ye were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. There was a liberation that came because you obeyed. You had faith in the word of God. That he provided a way for you. And so you looked in the word of God. And you looked in Acts chapter 2 verse 38. 
And you notice that there was a need for repentance. There was a need for baptism in the name of Jesus. There was a need for the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Those are not works. They are simply obedience to the word of God. There is nothing that I can do within my own power to save myself. But when I obey the word of God and apply the blood to my life, he brings salvation and liberation to my soul. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1 through 4. Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if thou shalt enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise. And God did rest the seventh day from all his works. Oh, hallelujah. Let's let the Holy Ghost work here just a second. Oh, God, I'm thankful, God. God, I'm thankful, God, for what you did for me, God. God, I'm thankful for this rest that you're offering. God, I'm so thankful, God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. When I look at our world, I look at the turmoil. I look at the fear. I look at the uncertainty. I look at young people that have to deal with the fact that their parents took their lives. There is no rest. Their mind runs wild. Their emotions are all over the place. When I look at the turmoil of this world, and I often think of a good friend that became an alcoholic because their child died. He couldn't handle it because he didn't believe in God and he killed himself. I think of all the people in this world that have no rest, that they run to the bottle, they run to drugs, they run to any kind of entertainment. They're just simply looking for a distraction I just need a little bit of relief where I no longer have to think about what's going on. I don't have to deal with the emotions, the stress. 
I can kind of take a pause. But the, re the problem is they don't know about the great reset. They don't know about the rest that's available to them. Or unfortunately, many of them reject it. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 11 through 12. This is referring to the Holy Ghost. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people to whom he said, This is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear it. If you're in this house and you're needing rest, the Bible is offering rest. It's in the Holy Ghost. It's repenting for your sins. It's getting your life back in alignment with God. It's stopping Dealing with the struggle and thinking that you can solve it on your own and self-medicating. It's saying I'm going to take the great reset that God is offering me. I'm going to allow the Holy Ghost to move in my life. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 5 through 9. Let's all stand. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 5 through 9. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein. And they to whom it may was first preached enter not in because of unbelief. Again, he limited a certain day, saying, and day. Today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own work, as God did for his. Let us labor therefore to enter into his rest. Let any man fall after the same example, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. I think it would be in order right now, all over this house, that the people of God enter into that rest. Let's lift up our voices to God.
the Holy Ghost move through you. Let's create an environment where God can work. As the people of God pray, I want to talk to individuals that have never experienced this rest and their hearts are longing for it. You see it, you desire it, you want it, but you really don't know how to get it. I want you to come down to this altar and I want you to begin to talk to God. Begin to repent to God. God, I don't know how to repent. God, I don't know how to talk to you. But I want to, God. God, I don't know how to surrender, but I want to. God, I want to realign to your will. I want to realign to your way. <laughs> That's it, saints. Pray. God's doing the work. Oh, God. If you don't feel comfortable coming down to this altar right where you're at, Raise your hands to God. Begin to tell God you're sorry for your sins. God, I want to live for you, God. I surrender everything to you, God. Everything. God, I the rest that you have, God. Oh, that's it. Holding nothing. Withholding nothing, God, I love you. I surrender all to you. Everything I give to you. While the Holy Ghost is moving right now, is a time to Spirit of the Lord's moving right Withholding now. Nothing. Oh, can you lift your hands to God? Say, God, I need I you more than anything. Oh, God, I need your Holy Ghost in my life. Oh, God, your Spirit. Oh, the name Everything of Jesus. I oh, I need your Lord to God. you. Oh, bring our guests Withholding with us. Oh, bring your friend. Oh, if you need renewed in the Holy nothing. Ghost. Oh, God, I need you today. I surrender. Come on, lift your voice up to the Lord. God, forgive me of all my sins. God, I need you more than Everything anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I give. To you, oh, the name of Jesus, withholding nothing. Oh, withholding nothing. Oh, come on, that's the way to pray. Lift your voice to the withholding Lord. Withholding nothing. Holy Ghost. Oh, 
Come on, reach out to the Lord. I need you, Jesus. I surrender all to you. Oh, yes, God. Come on, it's not hard for Everything I give to you. I need you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Withholding nothing. Oh, yes, God. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing, withholding nothing, I give you all of me. 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 King Jesus, my Savior, forever, I give you all of me, I give you all of me, I give you all of me, I give you all of me. Oh God, I want to enter into that rest today. King oh, Jesus, the power of the Holy Ghost my Savior, my forever, I give you all of me. 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 I surrender all to you. Everything I give to you. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. Here it is, God. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. I give you all of me. I give you all of me. I give you all of me. I give you all of me, I give you all of me, I give you all of me, I give you all of me. Come on, if you've never had the Holy Ghost before, God wants to fill you with this spirit. Jesus, my Savior. Forever, I give you all of me. I give you all of me. King Jesus, my Savior, forever, I give you all of me. I give you all of me. 